Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by the Kid MG. Been a massive week of AFL NRL action, and we've just finished the Olympic Games. How are you, MG? I'm good, Scoot. Uh, I've had a, uh, a big week coming off the Olympics, I guess, just to uh, rest up a little, but uh, no one's had a bigger week than our man, uh, Scooty, over here. Uh, we've got a big announcement that uh, Scooty's had his firstborn. Uh, little girl, the little, little Birdie family's uh, grown by one. And uh, Piper was born on uh, Monday morning. Yeah, on the quick uh, backup here. On the quick backup, yeah. He hasn't slept too much. So if he uh, misses a beat or two, Scooty, we understand why. So he, uh, his uh, lovely partner, Alana, uh, has given birth to healthy, almost eight-pounder. Yeah, I think uh, 3.4 kilo in the new. Yeah. And uh, she's doing well. Everything's uh, going very, very well for us at Cabrini Hospital. The staff there are fantastic and yeah, we we had a we had a C section. I tell you what, if you if your partner needs to <laughs> needs to have one, or your baby's too heavy, or big, or something bad happens, I tell you what, they are unbelievable. It's like a an F one pit crew, and their precision with everything that they do is just world class. So if you're nervous about it and you have forced down that track, um, don't be don't be too nervous. I was pretty calm, yeah, um, and I was probably more calm when I saw. A woman in the uh, in one of the prep wards who'd been overnight and she had to go in for an emergency Caesar sometime after us or in a different area. But I thought, oh, we've just taken the rails run here, and she it was it was just a really relaxing experience and a calm experience for the whole thing. And yeah, we're lucky, but I think at Touchwood to this stage we've got got a pretty quiet kid and sleeping really well. So yeah, Lana superstar and the staff there are just amazing. But um, yeah, great experience. Yeah, and uh, had one good night's sleep out of the last two and. Um, That's a good result. Yeah, yeah so it's uh, it's outstanding stuff. So yeah, I'm cool. pretty uh, pretty wrapped, but uh, looks like there's a couple yeah, of, yeah, couple just, of cigars just, in. Just, I thought the actual you, you bought the bottle of goose in. I thought that was for Collingwood Hawthorne, the Hawks. I thought I thought we might add a side bet, and you're you're paying up. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. There's plenty of, there's plenty of goose bottles lying around, so I'm not sure who owes what at the moment. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we just got a. Uh, I don't know if you can see him here. We've got a couple of uh, cigars, cigars bought in from uh, Dominican Republic, hand rolled. Oh yeah, he, uh, yeah you'd have a fair few of them at home. Yeah, you can. Yeah, <laughs> got a couple of boxes. So, Outstanding. Uh, they'll they'll go well. We've got the bottle of goose, and also we've just got some flowers. For, Thanks, mate. Alana. Yeah, for done the hard room. work. So uh, where we got them here? We got Where'd you get them yeah. from? The green room. Yeah, so just the green room. Uh, Albert Park. Albert Park. Little shout out. Yeah, Tash from the green room has uh, looked after us. So Outstanding stuff, MG. Got a, got a shot there for. I'll claim them as my own, but then I'll uh, I'll fess up and I'll uh, I'll say they're from you. So uh, cheers, mate. Yeah. Outstanding stuff. It's been uh, a big couple of days, and it's uh, we'll get straight into it now. But uh, thanks everyone, and uh, love all the support of family and friends. It's been amazing, and uh, the girls just do an amazing job. Being a partner, I got the easy thing, and I just need to hold the hand and be moral support. But uh, fantastic stuff there. Uh, big week of AFL. I've missed an absolute doozy by the sounds of it on Monday night. What's this? Melbourne versus West Coast. It's cost me my lock of the week, and it's cost me a lot of money because I declared the yes. Ds at the line. And run us through this one, MG, and for anyone that's missed Monday night's action, they were 30-odd points up the Ds, and yeah. they've they've walked off for half an hour. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we've, <laughs> we, are, we are actually writing a book, believe it or not, of the, the bad beats of the world, and uh, we've this, just, this just written another paragraph. So, uh, yeah, Monday night... Uh, Text, text through Scooty. We were uh, travelling early into the last quarter, six goals in front, and uh, the striker lightning in the area. So uh, under the rules, they've, they've gone off. I've never heard of this rule. Uh, I think it's only happened maybe twice before um, for an AFL game. One was a practice match. And so, yeah, lightning, um, 33 points up, I think they were. Uh, so they've got to resume the match after, if it was after half time, which it was, they had to resume the match within 30 minutes. Otherwise, the final score is declared at what it is. So we were on the countdown clock because you're home and hose. They were mm. um, 33 points on a line of 13 and a half. Uh, and you wouldn't know it, West Coast, season on the line. They go ahead win and play. Finals. Uh, they rebounce the ball at the 29th minute mark of the 30. Um, and yes, what happens then is West Coast kick four goals to none. And uh, in the last 90 seconds, the uh, the line is flipped with uh, West Coast taking it uh, back to nine points. 
So it's a new way to get beat, Scooty. Melbourne were all over them and sailing in the other direction and uh, lightning strikes and uh, you do your cash. Wow. Thank God I was uh, thank yeah. God I was in the maternity ward and saved your didn't t- see saved it. Saved your I, TV I did, at home. If, it's, it's, not, it's like getting half your bet back if you don't see the uh, agonising loss, I'd say. But uh, speaking of agonising loss, there's a couple of sick beats. I think uh, Top Rope Tedeschi, there's a few people asking, how do you end up and how do you finish for the Olympics? Uh, he crushed out at about 5%. We'll, uh, we'll post those results on our Twitter page. But uh, we backed Great Britain in the 4x100 men's relay at 10 or $11, and they got beaten by 0.01 of a second yes. uh, to Italy. And that's was just absolute jaw-dropping at, I think we had one unit at $10. So there was a couple of uh, sick ones there. But well, we'll, that's, discuss, we'll discuss that yeah, later, we'll discuss that that later uh, with uh, Top Rope. But the, the, that bad beat's just been written in pencil at the moment uh, into the book because uh, there yeah, might be further news coming down the pipeline that the Italians may be, uh, swabbing. May be enhanced, I think. So that, that might uh, the that sick thing might, about that is might make it worse. Even if it gets overturned, the punters have still done their dough. It's, yes, just, it's just crazy, hey, no bookie, unless you're a gilt-edge pickle and have a bit of a cry to your book, bookmaker, I don't think you get that return that, that turned over and I just don't think they can anyway, can no, they? Like it's a just ju- part justice of the, part player, of the trap maybe. of betting in the Olympics. I think you uh, some go for you, some don't. I'll but. try and call uh, Tristan for a justice payout there and uh, <laughs> we yeah, might uh, get the chocolates there. The Storm, again, they've absolutely dominated. And it was actually, we. Uh, it's worth having a look. Trist, we did a segment with Tristan last Thursday on Bet Doctor and he went through some minimum bet law stuff. He went through uh, how they were tracking the AFL and NRL and the Olympics and all that sort of stuff. So interesting content to uh, pick up. So if you want to go back to our last Thursday's episode of Bet Doctor, he gives away a couple of uh, little... Uh, updates about the industry, and uh, he basically concedes how little they know about the Olympics. So it's a really good eye-opener in terms of bookmakers pricing up things that they don't know much about. So it's good to try and pick off these peripheral markets and really put it up them when you get a chance because they're guessing, and it was uh, it was really interesting insight, and yeah, he took a couple of big bets yeah. on the swimming, and, yeah, it was just a, uh, a fascinating little chat, so make sure you uh, pick that up. But um, the AFL, the bookies, uh, have won on the week with four of nine favourites winning and only two have covered the line there. Pretty even uh, scoring, but the biggest win and the highlight for the, uh, the, seat, or the, for the round was, oh, I think it was Hawthorne beating Collingwood, um, but it was definitely GWS overturning the Cats, and Tom Stewart was held to no intercept marks or very few. Yeah, fascinating, fi- hey? Yeah, finally a coach with a game plan. Uh, well, not- the, the coaches have a game plan, and we saw Essendon do it for a quarter down at the Cattery. But to execute that, like there is a blueprint to beat the Cats. Yep, make them accountable. Mm. It's uh, and it's not it's not a new blueprint, as you said. It's uh, so, you've got to execute. It. It's a big thing. You can write whatever you want on the whiteboard, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for most sides, if you want to make their defenses accountable, you've got to hit the lead up man. So it's a connection between the mids and the forwards, um, and they executed it very well. And uh, they had different players at different stages tagging Tommy Stewart, and it uh, worked a treat. Mm. To the lowlights of the week, there's Carlton. We'll talk about Carlton later. But uh, the Swans dropped a crucial game against the Saints, and now their top four is shaky. They were on this massive uh, run, the Swans, and the wheels sort of fall off them. And they've had a rough run with the draw, with COVID and all those sort of things. Yeah. But, yeah, disappointing there. Well, they can't make the top four now. Um, it was always going to be a bridge too far. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was. It was a poor loss for him to lo- drop that game to St Kilda, but you can't win them all. Uh, and it might have, might have coincided with uh, the meeting up with the uh, the partners. Uh, might not have had their minds fully on the job for uh, the weekend. So um, we'll see how they uh, see how they respond this week. I think you'll get the uh, the real Sydney going into September. We'll bounce back this week. Mm, let's have a, uh, a look at the bookie wrap. This is where we uh, just flick through and look at the scorecard, uh, punters versus bookies, and see how the favourites uh, went. So round 21 for the bookie wrap, we've had four out of nine, as I said earlier, 44% the favourites. The line, only uh, two of the nine covered the minus there at 22%, and the overs went four and nine at 44%. If we have a look at the season, it's been 115 favourites out of 180 at 64%. The line, 79 and 80, uh, sorry, uh, um, after 180 matches at 44%, and the totals are uh, over 
slightly ahead there, 93 and 180. Your uh, AFL Stings went 4 and 3. You're starting to nail the totals at the moment. But um, like all season, it's uh, just been really topsy-turvy at the line there. But as Tristan alluded to last Thursday, they're absolutely smashing the punters in the AFL markets. There's yeah. been some real weird... Uh, Real weird upsets, heads heads up, as we saw last Friday with GWS beating the Cats. But at the line, they'd be absolutely smashing uh, yeah. punters left, right, and centre. But it was it was somewhat soothing to hear him say that the NRL have been getting belted uh, with the top sides like our Storm and the anytime try scorers, which we've tried to be leading punters into as well. So mm. it uh, if you can find a weakness or a total or an area, just keep staking, I guess heavily in those areas and uh, if the AFL's too tough, stake down and, and bet somewhere else where you've got more confidence or, or got more of an edge. Yeah, it's happened to us this year. I, I noticed myself, which I, I don't – I mean, I've bet NRL in the past but not to the levels have this, this year. This year you've been it's, enormous uh, on it, haven't you? Yeah, it's, it's been uh, – well, it's been more consistent and stuff. I'm not sure if it's uh, always COVID-related but it seems to – in the in the AFL eyes, I just think, you know um, – Again, we, we sit here on a Wednesday morning. We still don't know the schedule ahead for this weekend. Uh, hence, we're just lacking a few prices. Um, but, you know, it's got to play some part where the routine's taken away from the AFL teams, and that's probably provided some of the inconsistencies that we've seen. Uh, I haven't seen a stat this deep, 64% of favourites for a year. Um, to give you some context, I think generally it runs between about 68 to 73 would be... Um, you know, say going back over the mm-hmm. last 10 years of favourites, yep. that's pretty much the ball. You know, you, you work on a 70% and if it's above 70%, you'd say it leans to the punters for the year yep. and below 70%, that's kind of the benchmark. 64 going in with two rounds to go is extraordinary for bookies. Um, and you can see with obviously the line covering being at 44 as well, uh, their last five weeks, the, the bookies have had an absolute feel um, in the AFL. Mm, fascinating stuff here, yeah, 10 years worth of stats. 64% is uh, well down. So uh, you know, fool, if uh, you've been tripped up by a couple of them and yeah, they're just not running straight at all, it's uh, it's crazy. But I guess in COVID times, anything can and will happen. Let's have a look at the hits and misses where all the big money went last week. Uh, the Geelong line was a uh, almost a 1E, 31.5 to 39.5. That was a miss with a 19-point victory to GWS. Uh, the total there was 153 to 147. There was a middle there. Uh, Richmond Kangas, again, uh, 156 to 151. That was a hit. The Sydney line was 14.5 to 8.5, and, and Swan, uh, Saints uh, got the big upset there. Port were, uh, yeah, they fell in 32.5 to 38.5. We, they do sometimes love one of those low, like, you know, they can pull out a low, scrappy affair, a little bit like the Cats, can't they? Yeah, it was an interesting one for a showdown as well. Um, you know, they've got history of uh, a lot of close games. And, uh, you know, we, th- we thought around that 30-32, I think, when we did the show, was probably uh, where it needed to be. But, yeah, they went right on with the job, the punters, and uh, for close 38 um, in a really low-scoring game. So um, big miss there. Collingwood, uh, one and a half uh, to seven and a half point favourite. So the market flipped on its head there. I had a little bit of a giggle with you and we were sort of taking the piss out of each other last week and you said Collingwood will start the favourite clearly here uh, when the game got moved back from Tassie yep. and I sort of joked and said, oh, you know, Hawks are still not that bad at the MCG and you said, well, it's about the market and blah, blah, blah. And I said, we're <laughs> still a chance and that's why I think there's a great, great goose on the table for me. But I thought the Haw- Hawks were, were good. They rolled them early. They stuck to the game plan. It was interesting. I heard Clarko say at half time that, it was a pretty open affair and a lot of scoring where I think traditionally a lot of people would have thought and looked at that game and thought, oh, you know, it's still that zone-type football. But yeah. that's the mentality of someone like Clarkson. I think he thought it was pretty free-flowing. Free, free I think it was like 51 to 27 or something at half time. Yeah. But he thought it was a real open style of game. So I guess that's how a coach sees the game and he thinks that's open and open football, whereas... It's not really what the fans like or consider as open football. The game's just this, no, we, this we, gridded zone now. Yeah, we th- we think 97 to 78 is normal football in yeah. terms of the final yeah. score. We'd yeah. like to see that you mm. know, majority of the weeks instead of being the minority. It'll just be interesting to Hawthorne the last couple of weeks. I know we've only got two weeks for, for them to go. Um, just whether they play a bit more freer style now. You know, I mean, um, they're not really motivated by anything 
in terms of uh, playing finals or anything. So it might just, they might play open uh, the next couple of weeks. So just keep an eye on the on the totals with these lower sides now that uh, they might drop off, try a few things, change some players around, play with a bit more freedom. Um, so we might get some more scoring. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think it was it was not disappointing to fall into Collingwood. I thought the price was wrong at the time and it was justified a bit with the way it, it closed at seven. Um, I just think it enhances the week before of what uh, you know West Coast West Coast did against Collingwood and bought into bought into that too much and uh, yeah Hawthorne got the job done still at the G mm. Hawthorne uh, I think three three wins four losses against top eight sides so I'll just there's a glimmer of hope for us Hawthorne supporters out there so uh, hang in there got a lot of injuries as well Hawthorne and uh, Collingwood come back and there's a couple of good players they've blooded a lot of good players I, I still think that Collingwood and Hawthorne are in yeah. good spots if you compare them to say a, a Carlton or St Kilda or some of those other middle of the road type teams there's there's hope out there for both both clubs yeah I, I think um, you know in the off season and stuff like uh, that going forward both both clubs will give themselves reasonable chances to be attacking the eight next year mm. I think with um you know, as you said, they've blooded some kids. Um, they've had a few, their fair share of injuries and stuff like that. With clean air, new coaches, um, you know, I think they'll. But one of them will definitely give it a run close to the eight for next year. Okay, that's uh, we're sort of gone off course there. But Western Bulldogs twenty one and a half to twenty six and a half, the big move there, and Bombers got the job done. My other side, the Bombers, they're up and about. You're uh, wetted. <laughs> You're in there with uh, Bombers officials, but they're starting to hum along. They've made up for their little indiscretion up at Gold Coast Stadium against the Giants. They've Given himself a real good run for the eight here. Uh, the uh, the total also was heavily back, 165.5 to 171. So that was a hit. The uh, the minus Bulldogs was a miss. And then the other mon- money was for Freeman or Brisbane, the under 157 to 152.5, and that was a miss. So majority yeah. of the betting plungers uh, last week missed and a really big week, as we said, for the bookies. Interesting um, stuff that we can talk about in uh, Sting of the Tail. I think we're going to uh, leave the uh, the Tex Walker thing right alone. It's, uh, it's a sad, similar old tune there. The AFL players just don't get it some of them it's uh it's a it's a disgrace really the uh something else is that it's a disgrace there's, there's two little quick sting of the tails here uh the mro and i think uh heath shaw a friend of the show had a cracking tweet and uh if you're watching the show at home we'll put it up on the screen now and he's He's tweeted a picture after uh, Toby Green has been rubbed out for that elbow with Patrick Dangerfield, <laughs> and it's a picture of Peter Griffin from Family Guy, and uh, what he's che- getting his license checked. He's getting pulled over here, and it says okay. And there's a picture of Joel Selwood. So if Joel Selwood does something similar, he doesn't get suspended. But uh, the not okay is is Toby Green. So there is just no consistency. And Toby Green's a great player. I'm not sure he's you know, top five or top three in the league. He's a he's a game changer though. He can win a game off his own boot. But he, the handling of him from M, the MRO and the AFL in general, he's 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 on a different level of uh, scrutiny. And I know you know he plays on the edge, but you can't just keep bashing this player um, in, into the ground for what he's done in the past. It just seems unfair to me and. I think uh, the little uh, picture that Heath Shaw put up was was pretty spot on. Like yeah. he does get unfairly handled, doesn't he? It's always been the case in history. It's just of, crap of, of AFL. You know, they always have their uh, the bad guy, guys. The, yeah, the bad guys are the bo- guys that just find trouble and stuff. And some of it is self inflicted. He, uh, you know, Toby Green's a player that plays on the edge. But um, you could say that about Selwood. Like he, he does. He's been pushing like people in the ground, rubbing their nose in it, and he's got a bit of prick in him. Yes, he does. You're anti-Geelong, though, but that's true. There's definitely one set of rules. I'm not going to say it's a, a set of rules for Geelong because that's a bit too much of a stretch, but, geez, there's plenty of uh, different supporter bases out there that will say um, Geelong get looked after a lot. And I you know, I think we also saw a tweet during the week where they, where they showed a, different, a lot of different incidents mm. um, that either were suspended or were not and should have been, and it was quite amusing that there was about eight pitches put up and Geelong were in six of them, either pro or con. So, um, you know, maybe they attract a little bit uh, more or less as well. But I, I just think the AFL, uh, I think they're trying to limp to the end of a season with this MRO system. Um, 
and then in the off-season we'll need a complete overhaul. The AFL's they've got a big off-season ahead of them, the AFL. Um, I, I just think right now their focus is just to, and it should be, is just to get through the season. Um, and I think they've just given up in a lot of areas, to be frank. Um, you know, they, they just want this season over with and COVID's their main priority of, of getting the season through. Sorry. They're not going to fix the MRO right now. Uh, and I know media love beating up on it, and unfortunately, some players are going to miss out. Toby Green could potentially, if, the, he'd, if he'd done this in round 23, he potentially misses one or two finals Crazy. going forward. Now, I know he's been downgraded from two to one, but this is just an example that, you know, what if this did happen in a prelim and your team is going into the grand final? Oh, you'd be and, that, and that was the Giants going into the grand final, and Toby Green misses because of this incident. So um, they got a lot wrong to get to suspend Green. I know they overturned um, uh, the Essendon player. Um, which they should have done for the Bont tackle. Um, but, you know, I mean, Selwood should have got something for that hit. We've, we've seen plenty of the mm. same same hits. So, um, yeah, it just lacks consistency. Um, no structure and, and it'll have to be overhauled in the off-season. Mm. Just that last se- uh, sentence that you said, you could be talking about Carlton Footy Club. Lack consistency, no structure, <laughs> needs an overhaul in the off-season. Okay. And that's the second part of the sting in the tail. And we opened the uh, show with uh, the Carlton theme song because uh, just in case they're not going to hear it for a little bit of time. <laughs> but um, we, we we jest. We're, um, we're only taking the piss here. But David Teague and his presses, they're just not inspiring for me. And I, obviously I'm not privy to what happens behind closed doors and he might have an, a, hard, a hard edge behind closed doors. But... He's not – it's just not working at Carlton down there. Yeah. Um, they don't have a hard edge whatsoever. They've True. dropped some pretty poor games. Um, and they're a bit of a laughing stock, I think, from all the promises that they've sort of spoken about and then just the lack of deliverance, the way they've recruited players and even their governance. I think the way that they've played players injured, McKay, uh, Cripps, yeah. They're just not long-term in their thinking, and yeah. it can date back to, I guess, the Judd. They just seem to be always taking shortcuts, yeah. the, the Blues, and they need an overhaul, and I think it starts with Tegan. Well, we, 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 we often joke, you know, we love to get coaches sacked on this show and Top Rope, you know, takes the piss out of it, but I think Teague, he's a dead man walking, has to be. Yeah, well, he knows it. I mean, I just think they're, they're, they're again, they're just limping through the, for the end of the season. Carlton need a massive overhaul. They're not playing finals. Um, they're just too inconsistent. But you know, oh, they're not I, tough, are they? No. And uh, you know, unfortunately, what do they need? Unfortunately, being an AFL coach, you need yep. to be much more than just uh, a great, um, you know, with game strategy and, and people, uh, for, you know, good for your players. You need to be, you need to betray your club in a certain way, and media is a big part of that. Um, you know, and you look, you look at the, you know, someone like Clarko or something like that knows how to handle the media. Um, you know, in in a positive light, uh, even Scott for Geelong. I know you're not a fan of Chris Scott, but um, you know he looks after his players and he projects very well when he speaks. I'm always impressed when I see Scott. Um, you know, in in how he goes about the media, mm. uh, he doesn't take a backward step, but he's, he he seems always on the positive side. Yeah, and he thinks about what he says. Now Teague needs to come out and obviously be stronger, but you know I, we don't want to keep beating up on Teague because you know I think he he, he knows his time is done. I, I think the problem for Carlton is you're right; they don't think for the future; they think for the now, and I think that's. Um, they've always had this arrogance ever since I've been a part of football um, from the late seventies into the eighties. Carlton, you know, through their successes, have this air of arrogance about them, mm. um, and they still portray that now. Even though for the last two decades they've been one of the worst, if not the worst, performed team in the comp, yet they still walk around. As you said, they went into the start of this year, and the way they recruited um, and they hyped themselves up that they were almost going to be a top four side this yeah. year, the way they go about it. Again, they've failed. So I think it starts right from the top. It's The coach is going to take the fall for this, um, and they'll need a strong coach going forward. They can't go with a first-timer or someone who's in, inexperienced. Um, they need to go a bit blue-collar, rebrand and they need a, yeah. a, bit, bit, a bit of ticker. Yeah, they also need to uh, stay out of the media more, especially their, their off-field people. They don't need to hype it up. They've got the supporters and they'll come with success. They don't need a, you know false promises that they can't deliver. When they get a new coach in, just build from the ground up, you're right. Build mm. with that hard-edged toughness. Uh, the fan base will come along with you when you start winning. You don't need to overhype your club to get results done. You only set them up for a fall, and you get, then you get in the media for the wrong reason. So 
I think Carlton, uh, like the AFL, have got a big off-season ahead of them. Mm, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see what happens in the next couple of weeks off the back of their uh, coaching review. All right, we're going to have a look at the AFL this week, NRL lock of the week, which we're doing dismally. It's a Carlton-like performance like that, like uh, for us with lock of the week. We're absolutely making a meal of it like I just did then. We're going to have a look at the NRL with Top Rope Tadeshi Hall of Fame. We'll talk about the Olympics, but if you're having a bet this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They've been in the game for 35 years. The Merlin's up at the Gold Coast. They, uh, they're not scared to take a big bet, and they're uh, proud sponsors of our show. Up next, we're going to have a look at AFL Round 22, and we'll get MG's thoughts with uh, big queries around venues uh, due to COVID and bookmakers with not many prices up on their boards at all. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG in studio. It's time to talk AFL Round 22. Lots of uh, chaos at the moment with COVID everywhere, infiltrating the country and making a meal of the fixturing. So bookies uh, all year have been going up a little bit later than usual, and this week is an absolute howler. Here we are Wednesday with uh, no prices up. So we're going to do a little bit differently, and MG's going to give you a forecast, or he's going to just tell you what he thinks the markets should be. So it's a nice little bit of insight versus... Is uh, what's happening out there, and uh, you'll see how he goes about it. So, the first game we're going to talk about now is Friday night GWS Giants versus Richmond early elimination final eight v ten. Big uh, big stakes here. Both teams are yo-yoing. Richmond have had their fair well, fair share of uh, injuries all season. Their zest, their hunger seems to be not what it was. They've lost some speed as well as their list ages. And then GWS, they're Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Barracking for that side would be hell. Yeah, there's a few sides you wouldn't want to be on uh, this year, and GWS is one of them. But uh, Toby, oh well. Toby Green's a big out. With suspension. Yeah, so just to update, uh, obviously last night he, he, he was suspended for two and they fought it to one now. Early reports are that GWS may take this further. Uh, they've got nothing to lose, so um, he may yet play. The, the The time might be the factor, this being a Friday night game. We're already at Wednesday mm. morning. Uh, I'm not sure how quickly they can turn it around, taking that extra step, whether they can get it through Thursday night or not, but... You know, I think for the now we'll take it that Toby Green is going to miss uh, from a pricing point of view. We still don't have a venue, um, which will obviously change it, um, the price betting. But I think right now I think you're looking at Richmond going in slight favourites, uh, probably around the four to six point favourite mark at this stage. Um, that on the basis of we don't know the venue and Toby Green being out. Um, so Richmond's slight favourites for me, uh, they, they've got a pretty good record over GWS have recently. They've won three of the last four, and if you remember back, they obviously smashed them in the uh, mm. 2019 grand final. Um, and It's usually a game decided by venue. So if it's GWS, yep. um, heavy home ground advantage, it's usually their way. And then um, similarly down at the MCG, the Giants just don't go a yard. So, yep. yeah, so venues, the, everything here. The last 12 straight have been decided by the home team. Yep. Um, but we may not get a home team. You know, say if this ends up being played in Geelong again, maybe, or yep. something like that. So uh, the venue's obviously a sticking point, but at this stage, it's going to be a competitive betting match. Um, it, it'll be close to the pick but I just think Richmond at this stage... Um, You'd lean that way? They'll be shading in the betting, yeah, yeah. And, and I will lean that way, I, I think. Uh, With Kanga's form, dodgy yeah. Kanga's form versus the <laughs> Grouse-Cats form. Yeah, it's probably not going to be a keen betting game, I think. Uh, to start the week off, you don't want to be uh, digging yourself too great a hole on uh, following one of these sides that, as you said, are very don't up and down. Yeah, so um, w- wait for the venue, see what happens, and also Toby Green. If he does play and it, and they do uh, get him off, um, I would say Giants then start slight favourites. Mm. Well, the uh, the Cats versus the Saints, it should be at uh, Geelong at the, uh, the Cattery down there Saturday afternoon. Yep. It's an interesting one because Geelong have got a chance to finish top two if either Doggies or the Ds stumble. Uh, The Doggies stumbled last week against West Coast and the Ds got away with the lightning strike over there at uh, at Perth. This is is a game that Geelong... uh, Geelong off a loss is scary proposition for the Saints. Saints have got a big scalp in the Swans and they're starting to turn their season around all too late. But I don't like the idea of uh, Geelong off a... Off a loss. Yeah, I think that's the biggest point. I think uh, 
you know, Scott will have him prime for this week um, and that will be the impetus of losing last week will probably set the tone now for the rest of the year for Geelong that they've, uh, you know, their mindset's got to be switched on and even home ground advantage is not going to get the job done. Um, St Kilda, another one of those sides being very up and down. They, you know, their worst is the worst in the comp. They've had some smashings this year mm. and then all of a sudden, yeah. I think there might have been outlying reasons maybe they got the win over Sydney last week, um, but they still got the job done and at times they do show they can be impressive. And I tell you what, they're led by Steele in the middle. Um, so Geelong are going to have to pay close attention to him, but Geelong won't lose two in a row um, down at... Uh, down at home. Yeah, GBH. And they, they've, they've, they're a bit of a bunny for the Cats, the Saints, haven't they? I think the last five yeah. in a row... Yeah, Geelong I just think um, there's a few things, obviously, to watch out. Jeremy Cameron's likely to return, which will be a huge in for, for the Cats. Um, Dangerfield's a question mark, um, but they might get back, like, uh, a few of their uh, edge players, like uh, O'Connor and uh, Henderson. Mm. So the players in and outs might be big for Geelong as well. If they get Cameron back in, I think Geelong will start somewhere between four and five goal favourites. Yep. Um, and, you know, the way Geelong have been backed the last couple of weeks, I think the market will probably tend to them at home. Mm, you've got to start uh, really, really hot down at the Cattery or they can just blow you off the park. And full credit to GWS last week, they uh, yeah, they well. did just that with some uh, strong early scoring and take the confidence away from them. And we've got Gold Coast and Essendon on Saturday afternoon at Metricon with a little bit of a COVID asterisk around the venue here. Fingers crossed it can get played up there. Gold Coast uh, deserve the uh, the home game here. But uh, oddly, uh, Essendon haven't played Gold Coast all year. They've played at uh, Metricon a couple of times, but uh, round 22, uh, the draw or the fixture or whatever they call it, uh, isn't really sweet if uh, we're round yeah. 22 and uh, the Bombers haven't faced up against uh, Gold Coast. But Gold Coast and Collingwood the next two weeks, Essendon, their season, all their good work and their improvement will just go down the gurgle if they uh, don't get wins on the board for the next two matches. Yeah, there's to lose. Um, I think uh, I, I think we'll show it just a bit later when we discuss the futures. But I've got Essendon winning the last two. Uh, no great surprise. I'll start strong favourites in both. And with the other games, how they panned out price wise, I think Essendon will now finish seventh. So nice. as long as they take care of their own business uh, and what shakes out, uh, they should finish seventh. But I, I see them definitely playing finals. Um, and they've got a good road in. They had to take a scalp um, in the last two weeks. They got it with the Bulldogs. Um, very impressive. Uh, they're playing the right way. You remember they played Sydney the week before. Mm. They were in it, um, another high-level game. So I just think the way Essendon going now, they won't have the pressure on them. They play. They the got right, a high percentage too. They play the right way, and mm. I just think uh, it'll be a big job for either Gold Coast or Collingwood to stop their run for the finals now. So um, I, I see them finishing seventh. Uh, they'll take care of this game. Um, they'll probably start around the eighteen to twenty point favourite, um, being if it is at the Gold Coast. Um, Would that interest you? That line, the minus. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to check the weather and stuff like that. Obviously, see the, the ins and outs. Um, but Gold Coast have had some massive dropouts, drop-offs mm. this mm. year, sorry. Uh, and against a potential high-scoring side like Essendon, uh, they might want to put this game away real early um, so they, they're not fighting it out late. So, yes, it could. If, if it's low side um, and, they, and they've got a good, strong side in Essendon, which they don't seem to have had too many injuries, they could definitely interest me. All right. The, uh, the derby. We're going to have uh, a crowd for Fremantle and West Coast. This won't be changing. Uh, Captain uh, Mark McGowan has got things sorted over in WA, that is for sure. So it'll be, uh, it'll be great to see a full house here. And it's uh, 7th West Coast versus 12th Fremantle. And uh, it's still just fascinating for me to see a side that is so inconsistent and just la- languishing there at 95.5%. West Coast still in the finals mix Yes. I'm talking through my kick is they've cost me and I'm, I'm sure all our listeners at home, I'm just the mind boggles when I see them still in the eight. They just look like a, a false a false finalist. Yes. Just made that up. Well, it's a, it's we, a new we, thing. We, we, you'd, love ha- to, you'd love to have West Coast in the first week of finals. I'm yes. saying home or away, I'd take them on over there. Yeah. They, they're venomous at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're a tough side to get a read on for sure. Um, and we, unfortunately, we're going to be carrying one, maybe two ordinary sides into the finals. Uh, it's just the way it's panned out this year. The top end's been far more dominant and the rest are a mess. Um, and this looks like a closer game than it should be. Um, 
you know, in terms of win-loss, they're only one difference. Uh, West Coast are on 10 and Fremantle on 9. So in terms of competitiveness, but Fremantle actually can't make the 8 with their percentage. Um, West Coast are fighting for their mm. life. Uh, they can't afford to drop this game because they've got Brisbane in the last game, um, which would be unlikely for them to get that win. So this is their final. Uh, this is their elimination final. So I, th- I expect West Coast to come out and, and get the job done. Freeman have obviously got some key injuries. Fife and Walters still missing. Um, West Coast might get a few back, looking for maybe Barras, Shuey, Ryan, those kind of players might come back, obviously help them out. Um, and the scoreboard did flatter him against Melbourne, obviously, you know. With the lightning, yeah. Yeah, if the lightning didn't come, you know, it, it could have ended up, you know, six goals or maybe worse away Melbourne were going. Uh, to finish only nine points flatters him a bit. I think the betting's probably going to be around the 15-point mark, uh, somewhere around there, between the two and three goals. Um, but, yeah, it's – listen, I'm not going to fall into West Coast anymore. <laughs> I'll put the queue in the rack for West Coast. Um, we'll see what the betting shakes out, but – it, it, this would be West Coast's most disappointing loss. Um, they've won 11 straight against Frio, mm. so they've owned them in terms of the recent history. Um, you know, they'll have a crowd there. What, um, what price and what, what plus could you get interested in with the Dockers? For Fremantle? Yeah. Uh, how, how many goals start? 18. Three goals Three start. Goals. You'd, you'd be all over them. Uh, not all over them, but it would I inter- would be. It, it would be <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> oh, We'll see what the betting comes out. Um They've been hard hard sides to follow, obviously, um, and and Frio now have got the drop off where they can't make finals, and West Coast do um, all or nothing. So it's hard to bet Fremantle in knowing that that what drop off they might have. Um, so we'll just see what the betting comes out. Obviously, the players are key. We we do know that this will be played Sunday night over in the West. They will have a crowd, um, but I'm expecting West Coast to find a way to win this. All right, cool. What uh, what we will do, uh, we've just been uh, posting a little short, sharp video on Fridays. We call it Free Tip Friday, and we uh, review and we point you guys in the direction of where the summary sheets are for the weekend's tip. So Mark and I might go through a couple of the games once the markets are up, and uh, we'll do a quick run through there. So if you want to uh, hear our second opinion once all the markets have moved and are out, uh, we'll definitely provide an update on Friday afternoon. That's for sure. Let's uh, let's have a look at buy, hold, sell. This is where we look at the futures markets, which are all up thanks to topsport.com.au and we'll start with the premiership betting here and just when you think you've uh, got it sorted the uh, the top four and the uh, the major chances uh, they all go and get beat I'm talking about the Cats who are favourite $4 uh, getting upset last week the Western Bulldogs four twenty five. they got turned over by the Bombers uh, just and then the D's uh, back into contention with a win on the road and yeah a little bit flattered the Eagles by the lightning strike there 450 the D's obviously suited by the MCG if the ground uh, and venue doesn't change for the grand final there Port Adelaide eight dollars Brisbane Lions nine Swans twelve Richmond Tigers thirty one GWS forty one and fifty one the Bombers as we said West Coast Eagles fifty one and yeah, 251 for uh, Dockers and Saints who need a lot to go right given their percentage and how many wins they're on at the moment. I still lean for the Bulldogs. I think uh, they've got so many uh, players. And Josh loss, Bruce, well, we, we've been speaking about this off-air a lot in the last yeah. four to six weeks, how that structurally will work with English, Jamara, um, and Norton. Norton, obviously. Uh, yeah. They probably couldn't carry all of those players Correct. into the prelim or the grand final anyway. Yeah. And you sneakily said to me a little while ago that Josh Bruce <laughs> mightn't be well, – you'd, you'd nearly drop him because English has got the capacity yes. to um, double in the ruck. Yeah. And so there's an angle for him. Jamara is starting to get up and about. So it's not as bad as it sounds, is it, the Josh Bruce loss? No, From my but, in, in, yeah, and I'm sort yeah. of with you here. I, I think selection-wise, it was going to be close, mm. and, and probably Jamara was going to be the one to miss because Bruce, Bruce is well. He, he, he's going to finish second in the Coleman, so mm. you know it's not like uh, he's limping or anything like that. But geez, he had the kicking yips before he went down as well, so that might not have boded well for him going forward. But now they just don't have the option; they don't have the flexibility, and also they, now they don't have the backup um, of going in and. You know, it takes away the element of surprise now for the opposition coaches for the defenses that they can really go and attack 
Um, you know, probably shut down Norton and then it forces one of English or Jamara to go and beat you. And, and, and then it becomes a big pressure, I think, in finals for a young kid like Jamara to potentially be your match winner. Mm. So it does, t- you know, it will hurt him in that. And you've seen it recently with um, Hipwood coming out of Brisbane. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just that one big man that can really rock the boat. Um, so, yeah, it's disappointing. And to happen in the last minute for him as well um, it was really disappointing to see for Bruce. So wish him well in his recovery. But um, They're still the team to beat. They've just got so many options. Yeah, they are. I, I, I just think it's, it's going to be so crucial with how where the games uh, played. are played here. You know, I just think if Geelong gets some home grounds, I know they lost on the weekend, but, you know. If they can push to top two. Yeah, there's, there's going to be some teams that are going to scream. Um, you know, during this final series that, you know, their fans are going to be saying, well, how can we finish this, that, and now we've got to play away. It's just going to be the way it is. It's going to play, it's going to have a big effect on the betting market. So right now it's probably a little hard to come in. I I don't think there's too much edge there in the the betting market. You're just going to have to play and wait and see. All right, there's an interesting market called the Brown Low Medal, and our favourite is Staldi. He didn't poll last week for mine. Marcus Bontempelli, $2.14 at topsport.com.au. Ollie Wines, four seventy. Clayton Oliver, seven dollars. Jack Steele, he's uh, a favourite with MG nine fifty. He loves him. Sam Walsh, nine seventy five. We've been critical all year. Maybe we're right. Darcy Parrish, my man, I love him. Eleven dollars. Christian Petrarca, he's ballooning back out in price. Thirteen dollars. Jack McRae, twenty one dollars. Zach Merritt, twenty six. Tommy Mitchell, thirty one. Luke Parker, thirty four. Lions, forty six. And then Cam Guthrie is uh, best of the Cats, which is a real big surprise given how many wins Geelong have got. But um, the Bont, no votes last week. Ollie Wines is right in the mix here and uh, Clayton Oliver too. She should put a line through the Bont. He had 34 touches and a goal. Does it, does he get a vote to stink one? I think he's definitely in the mix. In the I mean, obviously, they Pe- lost. Peter Wright got seven goals, so he takes he's care got a, of three. He's got a, what, three or two. Uh, McRae had 38 uh, in a losing side, Bont 34, and then obviously Parrish and Merritt. So four of the top ten in the betting uh, Fascinating, will it? be fighting out the three and two. Uh, Bont could miss, but Bont could definitely get the one or the two there as well. Um, so, yeah, the Brownlow's hotting up, uh, starting to get really excited because it's a while since we've had a, uh, a competitive Absolutely. Brownlow. Um, so hopefully we can just hold fat the, the the next two weeks, and we can have a serious dip at this year's Brownlow. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not declaring this one over. I, I you know I know we've been you know we tipped the Bont up big really? at the start of the year. We've kind of rode his coattails. We've certainly found some value in the others, but he's too short right now. Uh, and this is a competitive Brownlow with two two rounds to go. And the last round, which we will look forward to next year, the uh, sorry next week. Uh, if you've looked ahead, Scooty. The top four teams all play each other right now mm. um, coming into the last round and it could well also decide the Brownlow for mine. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. But right now, if I was having a bet on the value, I, I still think uh, I'm, I'm going to tip Jack Steele. I think if I was going to have one bet this week. Uh, he's the he's the smoky. Jack, Jack Steele is just the floater around that $10. Mm, it's going to be a fascinating count, that's for sure, and uh, we'll uh – we might drop Mark's set or we might uh, start up a punters club or we'll, uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do with the Brownlow in another week's time pending uh, some IT development. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Hopefully we get the best count. Seems like we've just been ripped off for the last few years. It's been uh, all too obvious. So they are absolutely due a nice uh, cliffhanger. And as Mark said, a couple of the top sides are playing each other. So hopefully it goes right down to the wire. We need all the excitement we can in our lives given the lockdown mania that's uh, swept Australia by a storm. If you want to uh, sink your teeth into something during lockdown, it's punningform.com.au. You can build your own horse racing model. They've got form and data for Australia. Uh, they've got form and data for Singapore and Hong Kong, and they've got sectional benchmarks and splits. So punningform.com.au is where you need to go, and uh, they're a big supporter of us. So uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, as we said, AFL, if you want more information from us, make sure you check out our Twitter handle, at TV, and we'll do a, uh, a Friday afternoon uh, review of how uh, the lines have settled with the AFL bookies and especially Top Sport, where all the big money goes. But uh, we'll take a break now and we'll come back with Top Rope Tedeschi and we'll talk some rugby league and some Hall of Fame. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG in studio. Now it's time to talk NRL and Hall of Fame and who else but our Olympic gold medal hero, Top Rope Tedeschi. How are you, big fella? 
I'm tired, Scooty. I'm really, really tired. It was a draining couple of weeks, the Olympics. It was uh, early starts, late nights, but gee, wasn't it fun? Yeah, cheering on the weightlifting and having strong views on the fencing, getting around the rhythmic gymnastics. Wild couple of weeks, but uh, a bit more back into rhythm this week. And a uh, little family holiday uh, cherry on top for the last couple of days. Just uh, a bit of penance there. You've been a very naughty boy and a lot of holding hands. And, uh, gee, that would have been hard work, especially with a uh, a feast of uh, rugby league last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm currently in my house right now, Scoot, so let's just say we had a wonderful time. We all enjoyed it. And there's nothing like a little bit of antique shopping on a Saturday afternoon. Jeebus. Oh, absolute fresh hell. But uh, have a look. let's go uh, through some of the results because they were really important games, I feel, in the context of the overall premiership season. But uh, my bunnies crashed, crushed the eels, 40-12. Thoughts on that game? Yeah, uh, bunnies are a real deal. They're averaging 44.5 points a, a game over their last seven weeks. So uh, they're really kind of getting that rhythm at the right time. And they're going to get that little emotional kick come the kind of this last month and and, and the finals. Wayne Bennett leaving, Adam Reynolds Ren leaving, yeah. Benji Marshall possibly uh, re- retiring as well. So uh, I'll be a little bit of emotion there, I think. So uh, South's definitely definitely not out, out out of the running, but uh, and, and coming good at the right time of year. Paramount going in the very opposite direction. Questions already being asked here. You don't often see a top four coach in the hot seat, but uh, Eels collapsing at the back end of the year. Brad Arthur looks like looks to be a bit strong. Mm, that's what we like, coach sackings. Uh, Penrith Panthers versus the Roosters. It was 2014. It just feels like we hadn't had enough, uh, but I think there's an AFL one just around the corner. But the Panthers, 2014 over the Chooks. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, Chooks doing their best at the moment. Uh, absolutely doing their best. Uh, in pretty trying circumstances with, with the injury list they've got and the, the number of retirements they've had. I, I thought they were uh, pretty courageous again. They're, just, they're really just trying to rely on their defence to, to get them home. Uh Penrith raises a few question marks. Penrith have been, well, got the knock last year around uh, uh, around struggling to play away from home. Up in Queensland, they've, they've kind of been decidedly unimpressive over the last little bit. So, uh, interesting game this week. They're going heavy favourite against the Dragons. Nathan Cleary may be back, may run the extended reserves. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought Penrith were entitled, particularly when they jumped to that early lead, to, to, to run away with that game and, and didn't. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that game says probably more about Penrith than it does about the Roosters. Okay, yeah, you've been uh, a bit of a critic about the Panthers all year, but uh, you've definitely shot well in the Bunnies preseason. They were one of your uh, bolters, and no doubt uh, Storm are the auto bet for you. And I watched all of that match on uh, Saturday night, the Storm versus Manly, and uh, it's scary at the moment. Pappenhausen uh, only half fit, and they've just got multiple weapons in attack. And Jerome Hughes, uh, his line break, and I think he's like a check side AFL-style kick to maybe set up Cam Munster. Like the skill and the attacking prowess of a handful of Storm players just leaves defences absolutely rattled. I think they, they bluff their way into probably two tries a, ma- a match given how many different weapons. They just don't know where to run their defence. You know what's astonishing? Jerome Hughes came to the Storm three, three or four years ago uh, having played just a single first row game for the Cowboys, bottom four, single first row game for the Titans, having made the eight in, in heaven knows how long, uh, couldn't get a run there as a half. Then was kind of touted as the third string fullback for the Storm behind uh, Scott Drinkwater and, and Ryan Pappenhausen. All of a sudden, he's the best half pick in the game. But that tells you all you need to know about the Storm. His skill level is amazing. You, you're spot on. Ryan Pappenhausen's a long way from being his best. That's one thing we have to sort out, what he does with Hines and... and and, and Pappenhausen, but they can just throw everything at you. They, like they will, their, their middle forwards can attack you. Harry Grant was amazing going through the middle last week. Hughes can run. They can all run. They can all pass. They can all kick. It, it's an amazing skill set they've got going on there. So uh, they're incredible to watch them. So like statistically, they're the greatest attacking side rugby league's ever known. So or the NRL's ever known. So uh, I think we'll uh, uh, continue to say that. But you're spot on. They've probably got six or seven playmakers when most teams have zero. Mm. It's a it's a joy to watch. We say yeah, they're an auto bet every week, and they barely ever let us down. Let's have a look at uh, the NRL Premiership market odds up on the screen, courtesy of topsport.com.au. And the Storm are two dollars fifteen. 
Looks still looks a good price if you've uh, missed the boat all season, haven't listened to us pre-season, haven't listened to us for the last twenty odd weeks. Uh, I still think the two dollars fifteen is good betting. They'll jump odds on. It'll take a freak of nature for them not to make uh, the final. Penrith Panthers, $4. South Sydney Rabbits, still a good price. Listening to top rope there, $6. Manly Seals could be a bit one-dimensional, though dangerous down the left with uh, Tommy Turbo and Ruben Garrick, $9.50. The Roosters, $18. Parramatta, $34. And pretty much uh, kiss your mother the rest. There's... uh, yeah, there's not many chances there, and the Storm, they've just got too many uh, attacking options for mine, but they're the, definitely the way that I'd be going. And Hall of Fame time, uh, top rope Tedeschi. It's, uh, it's an illustrious list of people that have done amazing things for the punt. We've got all the big names in there, Jamie Carr, Hugh Bowman, Mark's man Ollie has been in there with... Uh, Barosha, the text message that stopped the nation. It's a wonderful list of characters that have done something amazing on the punt. But I was tempted to uh, add the uh, the Great Britons in the 4x100 men's had they not got absolutely licked on the line against the Italians, who, I'm told, are under a bit of a cloud. So he may have got absolutely handled there in the men's 4x1 athletics top rope, Tedeschi. That was elite tipping from you. They've got beat 0.01 hundredths of a second or something. Absolutely nailed on the line at $10 or $11 in the 4x100 men's. And there's a bit of a bit of a whiff about the Italians. Can you believe they're it? A, they're under a clear suspicion like Ben Johnson's under a clear suspicion. <laughs> Please. Guilty. <laughs> Go on. Absolutely stiff as a board there. We were... Uh, we were on at the good price and <sighs> just couldn't get that. It was <laughs> what did we trade? One hundred and one for for any amount Abs- of money. Absolutely sickening. It was a uh, they followed the torches. Got off to a pretty hot start. We had a really good middle. Uh, it was some, some tough sledding on the last few days, and uh, and and that, that probably took the cake as absolutely the sickest beat of all. The Danes in the uh, in the men's handball final against the uh, the French two point loss there. There's there's a handful of absolute like crushing yeah. crushing uh, sick beats, getting... but he still won five percent on on his turnovers, and it was an absolute hot start, as you said. At uh, some of the prices you took and beating SP, not that the markets are flimsy, so it's not a genuine SP. Everyone's sort of guessing, but yeah. I think what do you think? Top rope probably. Can you go in your own Hall of Fame? Top rope, get in there, MG. Yeah, I was, I was trying to check the Can rules. Can we put him in? Scooty, There's yeah. no rules. The, the, We've got PVL in there. There's no rules. <laughs> I, was just, I was just checking his own... His... His own T's and C's, whether uh, Top Rope can go into his own Hall of Fame. I just, uh, I don't know how he'd go presenting his own jacket if he, uh, you know, won it at the end of the year. I'm not sure how that goes. What do you think, Top Rope? Can we put you in there? You got, you got a better. Have you got someone better? I couldn't put myself in there. It's uh, <laughs> you, you, you don't get yourself going through a labour of love like we did there, Scooty. It was, uh, it was, it was as much fun for me as it was for the punters. And I'll tell you what, what I am hoping, what I'm hoping, head trader at Sportsbet. Head trader at Ladbrokes, head trader at 365. Listen, stay. We need all these markets for com games, for Winter Olympics. Uh, <laughs> heads up, Paralympics just around the corner. Let's get it on. Uh, let's we will bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> we will bet on it. We will tip it. We are up and about. Uh, but look, it was, it was good fun. And it does go to show the power of if you are, if you are going to bet on something, put a bit of research into it or investing in someone who does put a bit of research into it can take you a long way because you said 5% on turnover. I'm sure that was positive. What about the turnover, though? We had plenty mm. of it. it was, yeah, we were not much. short of a bet. We were not short of a bet. So uh, pretty diverse across the thing. Um, name the Hall of Fame this week. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, probably my new favourite weightlifter, uh, Akbar <laughs> Jurev. Ak- Akbar <laughs> Jurev, one of the, the great Azerbaijani. Akbar Jurev. He... Uh, um, I'm not sure if you you're aware, guys. He he uh, he was one of the few non-favourites to win win the gold. Uh, he we was found another down one. on the snatch. He was. <laughs> yeah, we found we found the one. We, we, we found the other one at a dollar ten. <laughs> um, and we had uh, this great monobrowed legend oh, wow. uh, from Eastern Europe. He beat uh, Simon Mastinati. Now I'm sure I've said that incorrectly. But um, we'll roll with it. Uh, he is currently uh, uh, facing criminal charges for manslaughter for uh, some kind of hit and run incident. 
So I thought that's a good lay. He like, the pressure of that will get to him. Anyway, yeah. our man goes, you know what? He's down on the snatch. He went for a big number, broke his all-time record, all-time PB on the clan and jerk, set a couple of kilos above for this uh, this uh, this guy facing charges. He had, the guy had two goes at it, couldn't get it up. Couldn't get it up. Our man did it. Unlike most of these weightlifters who just like to yeah, fiddle around the edges, he set a target and said, come get me. And he couldn't Back get him. Gold. Ref. Weightlifting gold. Outstanding uh, and lateral selection into the Hall of Fame as per, per usual there. Top row Tedeschi, uh, very stiff yourself. Uh, we might have to go to the rule book and make sure that uh, we can get him in there. I'll tell you what, if, uh, if Storm and Veliake hit the line and he's called it early, uh, his future's... Uh, bets uh, Hall of Fame worthy but can't wait for uh, Top Ropes Com Games the best thing about the delayed Olympics is we get Com Games and we get Winter Games it all just like, starts to compress and... yeah you've got world champs as oh, well he's got a big 2022 well, ahead Top well, Rope I think sure. we'll have to uh, fly you in COVID will still be uh, circling at that stage I think we'll fly you in we'll put you up at the big house and uh, I think we might just do a live stream of Top Rope for the Olympic Games you might uh, you might go home to an empty house but it looks pretty empty up there anyway big fella <laughs> Oh, I'll be honest. Big Brother Olympics 2024. Oh wow, that could be ugly. Some of my personal wagering habits are not really not really meant for uh, for presentation. So watch out, puns. Hopefully, hopefully we're flying by then, and we can actually have a uh, live location <laughs> over in Paris for Top Rope in two weeks. Oh, well, we have been talking about a London office, so uh, stay tuned for that one. It's uh, it's hotting up. We're going to take a quick little break, and it's if you want to do some research on the ponies uh, this spring, make sure you check out punningform.com.au. They're Australia's best form guide and betting database, so punningform.com.au if you want sectional times and breakdowns. So all the pros use the punning form database or they get the raw data, so check them out today. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll uh, look at the next round of Rugby League. Welcome back to Little Birdie. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG in studio. We'll talk Top Rope Tedeschi Rugby League Round 22 now. And the first game that we're going to kick off here is Melbourne Storm versus the Canberra Raiders. And the Storm are 106, Canberra Raiders $10. The line there at 23 and a half, 185 the minus. No surprise there. And the total is 49 and a half. We spoke about it earlier. Uh, how will Canberra stop the multi prong Storm attack? Yeah, they're not going to. Um, <laughs> pretty simple like that. It's uh, I go back a couple of weeks ago when uh, at Newcastle without the Pierce, just Callum Ponga uh, took on uh, the Raiders, uh, and the left edge got absolutely carved up. The right edge camera defence, sorry, the left edge uh, where Melbourne will be running. That's Justin Oliver and Josh Adokar, two of the mm. yeah, most potent players in, in the game. There are, there are going to be holes all over the field for the Raiders. Their defence is not strong. The, the, the Storm have a great record against the Raiders. They've absolutely punished them the last two times they've played here. This line has been on the move from the get-go, 21.5 and a 23.5. It'll jump more than 24 for sure. Uh, yeah, I, it would be a, a fool's game to make the Raiders here. They're, they're strong to score points, so you know, they're probably capping out at 10, 12 points max. It's hard. It really is hard not to see the Storm putting on 36 at least here. So uh, I can say, yeah, other than the Storm switching off, which has happened probably twice this year, Gold Coast game and the Cowboys game, uh, I think they were a month out from the finals. Those guys will be gearing up. I'll be looking at Pappenhausen back involved, probably more fully how they're going to use Nico Hines during the final, all that kind of stuff. So uh, really fascinating time, but I, I think that the Storm will just cover this easy. Mm, they've got the Titans next week, the Storm, but uh, it might be, might be time to have a look at some of those anytime try scorer markets too and just uh, get a few Melbourne Storm players queued up there. Outstanding stuff. So that's Thursday night at Sunshine Coast Stadium with a little asterisk because of COVID. Everything's under an asterisk. Uh, let's have a look at Friday night. I think we're going to have a look at Broncos versus the Chooks here at uh, Suncorp. Dollar twenty-two. The Roosters away favourites. Four forty. The Broncos line fourteen and a half, and the total fifty-one and a half points here. They've uh, they've been going okay. The Roosters, given uh, their injuries. Uh, yeah, they've they've been battling on pretty well. They've lost a couple more this week. Uh, Angus Crichton suspended. Jared Weir Hargraves. Uh, a range of maladies. He played 11 minutes last week, so I think he's just having a little rest uh, this week. Uh, 
Probably the opposite of the year, uh, round 11, 11 weeks back, uh, Broncos went down to the SCG, beat the Roosters 34 to 16. It was a stunning result. I think the Chooks jumped maybe 20 and a half point, 24 and a half point favourites that game. So uh, some of us were on, I think, 16 and a half. So no, no <laughs> filthiness there. Um, it's, uh, oh, they're not going to get stunned again here, the Chooks. The Broncos, Kevin Walters keeps chopping and changing and pulling all that rubbish that he, he, he typically does. What I will, will, will be doing is I'll be back in the Roosters. I'll be back in the over. I can see uh, the Roosters really yeah, putting the hammer to them. This is top four. The fourth spot is likely going to come down to differential. They've got the Broncos this week. They're going to take full advantage of that. So uh, I think they'll, they will really put the hammer down. And they've still got plenty of attacking weapons. So uh, is it as smooth as it was at the start of the year? Definitely not. They've got Jimmy Tedesco. They've got Joey Manu. Young Sam Walker's still got a very good attacking weapon, so I, I can see this one getting a bit out of hand for the Broncos. So uh, you can get the even money, 51.5, if you want to follow Top Rope in on the total over at topsport.com.au. Let's have a look at uh, Saturday night's match. It's a uh, it's a classic, but again, like all rugby league games this year, the line is lopsided. Manly Seagulls twenty against Parramatta Eels, 470 at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Again, the line 14 and a half, $1.95 the minus, and 49 and a half the total there, and money for the under into 185. Scary proposition here for the Eels, catching the Seagulls, who were pretty good against the Storm uh, in defeat. I thought they were the close, but uh, still a long way off the Storm. Uh, yeah, oh, I agree. I think they've probably played the Storm as impressively as any team has this year. Uh, this wasn't a Melbourne Storm flat spot last week. This was Manly playing them pretty well and playing defensive footy. Uh, I do I do like Parramatta here, though. There's a good angle here for the Eels. Uh, I think it's worth backing. Firstly, this is a massive game for them. This is likely going to have huge top four ramifications. If Parramatta can win this, uh, they'll probably finish in the top four. If they lose this, they are looking at a very, very tough sledding over the last few weeks to hold that fourth spot. Maven. Well, we'll likely lose it to the Roosters on, on, on Saturday night. So um, where I would say that uh, Manly Abonnell, double-digit favourites off a double-digit loss, as impressive as it may have been, uh, 7 and 17 against the spread over the last four years. That's a huge angle to play against. Manly have covered just one of their last six when favoured by 12 and a half or more all this year. Last Most recently against the Sharks where two late Cronulla tries gave a backdoor cover there for, for Cronulla. Uh, I think the line is too big. I don't really like the Eels at all. They've lost Reed Marnie, but this is a rivalry game. There's plenty on the line. I, I think 14 and a half too big here. With that, with that angle, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be betting the plus. Big turbo man, big manly man, MG. You love betting manly. What are you going to do here? Sit out. Oh, on the fence. yeah. Bit okay. of turbo. You're just going to take turbo any time. I'm not going to put myself through the pain of uh, cheering <laughs> against turbo, so uh, that's okay. I'll get my money on Storm Thursday night. <laughs> oh, he just picks his battles. bit like me on the Rugby League. You don't have to play in all of them. You just pick the eyes out of them, and that's the best way to play it sometimes. All right, Sunday afternoon, this is the final match, and we uh, get a look at Redcliffe, the uh, the Morton Daly Stadium up there, and this is a uh, interesting little battle here. Newcastle Knights, $1.46 against Cronulla, uh, two seventy five. The line, 6.5, some money for the minus there, and 49.5 the total. Neutral venue. Who's suited here, Top Rope? Yeah, Knights off the map here. Uh, surprised by that. Uh, I thought pretty ordinary being the Broncos last week. 28-20, they got to a comfortable lead, couldn't put them to the sword. Uh, a huge game for the battle for the top eight. Whoever wins this game is likely probably to, to finish, finish in the eight. So uh, I Newcastle probably deserve favourite. This line is, is, is far too big. The Sharks, yeah. Play particularly well daytime football. Current seventy percent in daytime over the last last couple of years. So they are a very good daytime side. Uh, so they'll get at least the first half in, in, in that. The Knights are horrendous favourites, absolutely horrendous favourites. Uh, Sharks go pretty good as a big underdog. So uh, I think Cronulla. I think the six and a half is, is a very very good bet. I think Cronulla will win the stick to be honest. Mm, very confident because uh, Topro Biz, he, he does like to find Newcastle Knights. He's a big Knights man when, when there's an angle there. So I'm, I'm very intrigued that he's found the six and a half, the plus there. 
Good one for a Sunday afternoon. Nice one. Nice yeah. little way to uh, dig yourself out of a hole or just absolutely bury your bookmaker. Either way, something that uh, we haven't been burying our bookmaker with is Lock of the Week for Charity, which is upsetting for us. Raise.org.au, they do a fantastic job mentoring kids who are starting to go down the wrong tracks. And we've been going down the wrong tracks for this segment all year. We're trying to bet to the magical 5K mark. Thank God the bulldozer boys put 10K in the bank. It uh, it saves us from doing a nudie run around the pool table with our pants down. We've got some money in there. And last week, we went three straight losers. The Ds let me down and the Cats let me down. The Ds at the line and Geelong heads up against the GWS Giants. I am the kiss of death to any side out there in this segment. Either Mark or myself will find an AFL team that will just turn it up and go to absolute piss. So top rope, we haven't got any AFL markets. We'll send our lock of the week out via email on our uh, little birdie pod email. But uh, give us a lock of the week, and this might be a good omen for you. If we're not tipping now, you might have more luck in this segment to really uh, hammer home your lock of the week. So you've got five weeks to go. Give us something for charity. We need to drum some money up or we'll have to pay out of our own kick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a little two-legger. We're going to start with <laughs> the good thing, Storm minus 23 and a half. And <laughs> we're going to have it doubled into South Sydney prop forward Tom Burgess. <laughs> Anytime try at seven dollars. So, uh, really like Big Tom to score down the middle this week. That uh, you'll get about I think about thirteen fifty for that. Bit over that. So, uh, I think uh, we can get ourselves well on the way to getting that magic five grand mark. No point in stuffing around the edges here, boys. Got to go hard. I love that. Melbourne Storm minus 23.5 into Tommy Burgess. Anytime try scorer against the Titans. So thinking uh, the Titans are going to be a bit weak in the middle there for a $13.50 double. Outstanding stuff, top rope, and I like it. None of this uh, pussyfooting around like our man MG. You're just going straight for the jugular. And uh, that's the only way that we're going to get to the 5K after the amount of torches. Uh, we should have just put it on the Storm minus every week. We would have uh, sailed over. They're 17 in a row, and they look absolutely un. Unstoppable. Big thanks to you, Top Rope. The last couple of weeks on the Olympic Games stuff was uh, absolutely riveting from our end. It's been a tough uh, time in New South Wales for lockdown, so I'm sure you've uh, helped navigate a lot of people into some uh, some really good fun and some winners on the punt up there from your little dungeon uh, in Orange. But uh, thanks, and we'll see you next week. Doing God's work, boys. God's work. See you next <laughs> week, guys. Outstanding stuff. He doesn't miss a beat, our man, Top Rope. It's uh, It's been a great show this week, and uh, we'll be back into it uh, for another week next week. Can't wait for uh, this week's AFL and NRL. It's going to be a corker. Yeah. Finals are starting to get a little bit clearer. It's close. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, make sure you check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, we're in the Apple Store, uh, or you can just follow us on Little Birdie TV if you want to watch all the action on the screen. But uh, good luck, happy punting, and make sure you get around punting form and top sport who help us put the show on the road. Thanks, guys. Yeah.